0: Editor Adam here. If you aren't interested in hearing Kayla and Emily's thoughts on Taylor Swift and her version of Red, first of all, what are you doing with your life? But if you want to jump into the business of Bachelor Nation, fast forward to 11 minutes. Enjoy the show. I know this podcast
1: is a very big part of your life. You've mentioned it to me multiple times. Kind of a you know Bachelor Nation groupie. No, no, don't hold on with me, Derek. Name one thing that I said that's false, Derek. Don't insult my intelligence. Fuck the
0: patriarchy. (laughs) Hi, Emily. Hi, Kayla. This is our first podcast recording living in an era that Taylor Swift owns Red. I
1: feel different. I can't stop smiling.
0: (laughs) Like, I can't stop crying through my smile, you know? Like, Mm. tears are getting in my mouth. Oh, I fully haven't stopped crying
1: since Friday. Like, randomly, it'll hit me, like, in the shower. Better man will just get
0: stuck in my head. And I'm just like openly weeping for no reason. You know, the line that keeps getting stuck in my head is when in the all too well 10 minute version, where it goes from what we know to you were tossing me the car keys, like that part. Like, Oh yeah, I I can't believe we're living in a world like where Taylor Swift owns Red and like oh fully. I know that you're like a Red girly and like you always have been. I must say, like okay, so Taylor Swift has nine albums. Um, Red actually, until Red Taylor's version was my least favorite of the nine. I know, Ma- making it still in my top ten albums of all time. Like it's just right. in ninth place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but. I think that Red Taylor's version, for me personally, it just like her being older and more mature, like it just, it's, it's so cohesive and the story is so much clearer, like not even including the vault songs or anything like that, like just the original album, like it just feels so much more cohesive and the sound, it's like what she was writing was so mature, but she was so young, her voice almost didn't match up with how mature her like lyrics were. And I now totally it's agree. just-
1: Totally agree setting. because red only became my favorite a few years ago. Like I loved it when it came out, but I didn't relate to any of it because right. it was nine years ago and I was a, a, an adolescent. Yeah. So I only started really loving red when I was dating my ex. turns out Jake Gyllenhaal. Um,
0: <laughs> turns out, turns same out we same all dated guy. Jake
1: Gyllenhaal. Same exact guy. Um, But I got so into it. But Taylor's version is like so much more profound because she sounds so fucking good. And it's all the songs that I already loved. I mean, I have skips on Red for sure. But now with Taylor's version, like I've just been listening straight through. That's that's what I think it
0: was. Like, I love all of her work so much that Red being my least favorite was only my least favorite because so many of her albums are no skip for me Yeah. versus Red had a few skips for me. Like, I'm sorry, but like, we're not listening to sad, beautiful, tragic every day. You know, like there's just no need.
1: Well, I, I used (laughs) to skip, this is controversial because people don't like the new version. I used to skip girl at home, like clockwork. I don't like that song. I've never really liked that song. I just, I don't, I don't know. I've never really related to it. She released the new version. Is more like Poppy Club remix. I love it. I think I love I think it it's too. Great. I think it's great, and I like it way more than the original. I always used to skip the original, not really because I hated it, just because if I if I'm listening to Red, it's because I want to sob and cry. Right. And so I don't want to listen to Girl at Home. Like I'm like okay, literally, like, hear me. But I love the new version. It gets I me just, going.
0: I can't even get into the vault tracks. Like oh my god. I bet you That's think a, about we, me. We need
1: a complete, we need like a bonus episode just for Taylor Swift when she releases albums.
0: Like, honestly, like skip ahead everyone to the five minute mark. If you don't listen to Taylor Swift and you're just here for The Bachelor. But honestly, if you don't listen to Taylor Swift in the year 2021, it's the you're internalized boring. misogyny for me. Like yeah, you need you're to boring. get past that girly. Like it's time, embrace it. Um, it's fine. I got into so many fights this weekend with people about it. Because you know what? I wasn't expecting with Taylor Swift releasing a 10 year old album, the like sexist commentary about Taylor Swift from 10 years ago. Like, I wasn't expecting that to come back. No. But it has like in full force. And I'm just, I'm just as mad about it now as I was 10 years ago. Also, because like she already released Fearless. And I know Red is like objectively
1: a, a, I don't know, I don't know that I would say a bigger album, but like the hype for this one was huge because All Too Well has been so hyped for so long. So maybe it's because of that, but like, yeah, the response I was seeing, I was like, are you all insane? Like they were like, why is she releasing breakup songs from 10 years ago? I was like, so she can own them. Like literally, are you
0: literally, do you live in a sewer? Like Jesus Christ. (laughs) And then like people were trying to like defend themselves after by being like, well, she shouldn't have signed the contract. Then I'm like, she was 15. And also, and the majority of artists sign contracts like that and don't own their work. Like I would sign pretty much anything you put in front of me. Like I like, I I, like,
1: what the fuck, dude? I'm a young artist. She's at that time, still even one of the biggest, you know, musicians of our time. Obviously, whatever. Do you know how many times like, I've checked
0: off. off the box that I read the terms and agreements and I did not read the terms and agreements.
1: <laughs> like- I'm sorry. <laughs> are we forgetting the days of iTunes terms and agreements? We're forgetting the days when we used to have to check that box as if we read a single word of it. Come on. Come on people. I also <laughs> saw one and this this argument made me so mad. She she you said all the same bullshit, but then she was like, "I know the response to this is going to be bad because Taylor Swift fans are crazy." I was like, okay, you don't get to say, you don't get to, like, state one of the coldest takes I've ever heard and then justify the response, justify the response you get by being like, oh, but bitches be crazy. Hey, go fuck yourself. I was like, she, like, preemptively was like, I know people are going to be mad about this because Taylor Swift fans are unhinged. That's not why we're mad. We're, we're mad because you're wrong
0: and this take is stale. Like... And also home. what pisses me off is like, sorry guys, we'll get to the bachelor. I promise we will get into it, but, <laughs> but I just feel like everybody listened to this album this weekend. Like, even if you're not really a Taylor Swift fan, like I've had so many friends in my DMS being like, Oh my God, I'm listening to red. Like it just was the thing to listen to this weekend. It, like yeah. if you didn't it was listen the moment. to it, are you under a rock? Like it was the I, moment.
1: And like you at the very least listened to 10 minute all too well.
0: You okay. had to know, Like, you had to on. know. Right. And you want to know what pisses me off? I'm going to gatekeep the most popular artist in the world for a second here. <laughs> like, Please do go for it. As a, as a Swifty, like I have been through the trenches with Taylor Swift. Like I never wavered. I was never not a Swifty. Like I bought my first Taylor Swift album when I was 11 years old and I've never looked back. Like I have been this passionate about Taylor Swift for 15 years. And what's making me mad about the 10 minute all too well is I was a part of the demographic of people who literally bullied Taylor Swift into releasing the 10 minute all too well. Like for those of you guys who don't know, in an interview when red first came out, she basically said, I'm sure you've seen that on TikTok at this point, but more or less, she was like, all too well was the hardest song on the album to write because the original version was 10 minutes long, but you can't put that on an album. So I had to edit it down to what it is now. So for 10 years, the 10 minute all too well has basically been urban legend Folklore, if you will. And as Swifties, we literally bullied this out of her. We're like, we know it exists. You have to release it. Blondie, put it on the re record. There's no choice. You and fucking we, coward. You yeah. fucking coward. Like, annihilate him. Put it on the re record. And she did. And it's phenomenal. But now, new Swifties are like, this song's amazing. And I'm like, I've been waiting. I did my waiting 10 years of it in Azkaban prison.
1: Like, do you understand? No, I know. I know. Uh, The girl I follow today has like never listened to any Taylor Swift and posted like, guess I should listen to this. TikTok made me, I got hives. (laughs) Like I was like, Hey, mm, I'm going to throw up. (laughs) <laughs> Not to gatekeep Taylor Swift. Cause I understand she's the most famous woman and, in the world, like, but she's only gotten, like, she was very popular, obviously when she started, obviously misogyny, like, like honestly did her so dirty Yeah. Um, for so long. And that sucks. And like a full disclosure, I was part of that for a while, but like, if you're just now being like, maybe I should listen to all too well, get fucked. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like the glass. rest of us, even those of us who were like totally blinded by all the shit, and like I take responsibility for my actions, bro. Like, that was on me, <laughs> but I still came around like three years ago. Like, <laughs> like you're fucking late. Like my it's last, 2021.
0: My last That's point it. on Taylor Swift before we move on is that there was a TikTok. And it was of a girl who got her wisdom teeth out and she's talking about how much she loves Taylor Swift and her sister's recording her. And she's talking to her mom and she's sobbing and she's like, I have loved her since I was 11 years old and she's like crying and she's like and I loved her when everybody hated her and I got bullied when Red came out the first time because I was the Taylor Swift girl and she's like going on about how much she loves her and how like she's so annoyed that everybody loves Taylor now because she's been there the whole time. She's like I'm so happy for her but as someone who's been here the whole time and i was like she is speaking for elder swifties
1: <laughs> through the trenches like through the fucking trenches for for taylor swift worth anyway, it we'll- a worthy cause <laughs> anyway, um, i need to get so, all off my chest i did yeah i'm glad that we discussed it i do know if like a handful of people who listen to the podcast who love taylor swift so i hope that they enjoyed that now we'll get into the actual content uh if you skipped ahead welcome
0: Uh, (laughs) now now that you're 20 minutes into the episode we'll get to the real programming
1: let's get to the juice literally
0: nothing Kayla and I collectively have three notes (laughs) yeah so they basically they kick off the episode going from Palm Springs to Minneapolis and they act like it is like they act like they're going in reverse like they played an uno reverse card on this one in terms of excitement like they were like Minneapolis and I was like But you were just in Palm Springs. Like, I don't know why we're getting so excited, but they go to Minneapolis. It is exciting because it's the first season in several that they get to travel in any capacity. So that is exciting. Um, and the most exciting thing that we get out of it is that something that they haven't, I don't think ever done before is she's in her hometown with access to family and friends really early on. Yeah. Which is exciting. Usually the lead doesn't get to see their parents until like right after hometown dates, like when they're bringing the final two home and like Michelle right. still has 10 guys there and it's getting to hang out with her parents, which is awesome. Totally.
1: Yeah. And Michelle's parents, as I've said before, and I'll say again, are my favorite people on the planet. Yeah. So obviously I am delighted to see them. It's like coming home to old friends. Um, <laughs> and she basically says like, it's just nice to have my parents like here and be able to talk to them and talk through things with them. They've always been there for me. And then it shows her talking to her parents, angels, sweethearts, just the best of us, Michelle's parents.
0: Yeah. They deserve awards. Um, yeah. So she gets hang out with her parents a little bit. And then we see all the guys standing in like downtown Minneapolis for no reason, screaming at the sky, Michelle. Michelle. Cause the producer was like, I'll give you 20 bucks each
1: <laughs> scream Michelle at the sky. They don't have,
0: they don't have access to like their wallets or their phones or anything. So the yeah. producer was like, I'll go buy you a street hot dog each. if You scream Michelle at the sky. Hey, Michelle.
1: <laughs> hey, Michelle, she might hear you send up a yeah. smoke signal. Like, uh, <laughs> so anyway,
0: so they scream Michelle and then Michelle comes up and we learn there's going to be two one-on-ones and a group date. There's 10 guys left. And the first one-on-one is going to Joe in case you forgot who Joe is. He is the guy that is, she was rumored to already know before the show. And he is also from Minneapolis, which I think it made a lot of sense for Joe to get the hometown date. Yeah. I liked it. Some
1: people on Twitter were like, why would she give the one-on-one to a guy who already lived there and who ghosted her? And I was like, I think it's cute. I think it makes sense. And I think it gives her and her and him an intro into Minneapolis. That's like comfortable, but also pushing themselves and getting to know each yeah. other better. I thought it was cute. The only thing I have to say about it is Brandon, Brandon, so random right before was like, I know <laughs> I'm getting this one-on-one. And then he hundred <laughs> percent didn't obviously like everyone watching was like, I know for sure he's not like, like I nice- didn't know he was getting it like I thought maybe Clayton I like to be honest because I've been waiting for a Clayton one-on-one to prove why he should be the bachelor still waiting um check's watch. but hey hey he's uh, the ultimate viking he's the that's tr- that is true he did get a single they were like here's a shred of attention um <laughs> but I like was like Brandon and I I and the only reason I didn't think it was Brandon is like Brandon has gotten a lot of attention on group dates and so I just, I just think that he's kind of cruising right now. And like, he will get yeah. a one-on-one eventually, but I was like, I don't think that you're going to get it. And then he didn't. And I was like, that tracks.
0: Yeah. Uh, so Joe gets it and they kick it off at the twins game where they throw out the first pitch. Um, Obviously cool hometown date kind of thing. Uh, they go into the locker room and like make out a little. Um, not
1: sexy. Definitely smells like a jock strap. So, <laughs>
0: um, <laughs> the producers of this show have weird kinks. And the editing of this is kind of choppy because we um, almost immediately after the twins game cut away back to the house where the date card gets read for the group date, um, which all the guys are going to be on except for Nate. So we learn that Nate will be getting the second one on one of the episode. Um, but that's it. That's all we learn. And then we and cut- Chris S just like becomes a fire pit like <laughs>
1: there's just smoke coming out of his ears he's like
0: <laughs> you were he's so mad this evening you were tweeting like you used to tweet before we had a podcast like when you would just go on rampages and I was like is she gonna I, quit the podcast <laughs> um,
1: no I was just, I well my tweets were getting attention for some reason. So I just kept, I just kept tweeting every thought that (laughs) I had because I was like, maybe this one will take off too. Um, and by take off, I mean like 50 favorites, but for my bachelor tweets, like usually they don't do that well. So I was like, okay, I love attention.
0: (laughs) They keep on going. Um, Um, at some point they go to Michelle's high school. I think it's at this point and they're playing basketball at her high school, um to which I say if I were ever the bachelorette and they asked me what I wanted to do on a hometown date if I ever said I want to go to my high school
1: I wouldn't yeah, what, <laughs> I wouldn't say that what would possess me to say that what, what demon would, I would do? have taken what demon would have taken over my soul to make me be like oh my high school for sure bro what would I show them i right. did plays <laughs> like we we were theater kids dude What am I going to do? Walk into the auditorium and be like, that's where I was (laughs) an assisting role in Peter Pan, the musical, my junior (laughs) year.
0: Um, I'd be like, and this is the back hallway where we would make out in between rehearsals. Uh, like what would you? Sh- this is the band room where we would touch each other's boobs casually. Like what do you do at high school? Like
1: what? Like what am I showing you that you need to see? Also, my high school looks like a prison from the outside, dark sided, uh, and there's only one area of it that's even remotely nice. And the only person at my high school that I would ever want anyone to meet is my calc teacher. Everybody else, <laughs> every other fucking teacher I had, no. So, unfortunately, <laughs> it's not going to be a date. Like, I, I don't see it in the cards. I don't know where we'd go for my hometown date. We'd probably just sit in the haunted insane asylum,
0: <laughs> don't you? But don't you say anything stupid. You would go sit and eat a vegetarian burrito at Mexicali Rose. Oh, where they? Oh, l- I mean,
1: <laughs> that's a given. That's a given. But I mean, for the like long date portion.
0: Go break, in, the insane break asylum. into the insane asylum. Fun fact, I, don't know. I legitimately on my first date with Ben took him to the insane asylum.
1: I went on a first date there too. That is some Connecticut shit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it was if I've literally ever heard, my first date with him and he was like, what the fuck?
1: <laughs> if I've ever heard some Connecticut shit, it's both of us being like, well, I went on a first date to the insane asylum. <laughs> It was children. lovely. Like, why? Like, why did, why is that normalized? You know what I mean? Anyway, so unnormalized.
0: The unnormalized going to Fairfield Hills. So then, um, they go to the dinner portion where the primary conversation that comes out of this is that Joe talks about a really tragic football, uh, not football foot injury. Where basically he injured his foot and he went in for surgery to have a screw put into his foot, which would have been fine, except the surgeon like fucked it up and put in a screw that was way too big for his foot. And then the screw in his foot, like broke his bones in his foot. And then he had to have seven more screws put into his foot. That sounds like a game of operation.
1: Yeah. Me listening with like no medical expertise. I'm like, ooh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) tough one. Ouch! (laughs) I've seen that before. Like, no idea. Um, but it, yeah, it sounds extremely painful. And like, I was not, I was not an athlete in middle school or high school, and I can't imagine being one. But like, I can't imagine being taken out of like the one thing you enjoy doing. So I just felt yeah so so horrible. And on top of it, not just not being able to do it, but undergoing like such traumatic procedures at a young age.
0: Yeah. That's horrible. Cause he talks about how he could go back to playing. Like he was able to play basketball again, but the problem was that he would just never be able to play at the caliber that he used to play. And that was really hard for him. It led to some depression and mental health issues. Um, which this is so common for athletes because they spend so much of their time, like he said, like, if I'm not a basketball player, like, I don't know what I am. And like, you know, my little brother was a hockey player his whole life. He suffered uh, multiple concussions and head injuries, wasn't able to play hockey anymore. And he definitely struggled with that. So it's like, I think that's really, really common, especially because athletes, a lot of times, like you get them into the sport when they're so young, like their entire identity for their whole life. Like my brother was skating from the time he could walk. Like right. when you grow up in your entire identity is the sport that you play. I can imagine. And especially because we don't teach men how to process their emotions in any way.
1: Yeah. Which Joe said earlier in the episode, like he said it like about his, you know, his dad and stuff. He was like, yeah. So.
0: Oh yeah. He talks about his dad being reserved because Michelle's like, have you always been this reserved? And he's like, yeah, my dad is really reserved. I kind of learned it from him and it's not easy for me to talk about my feelings. And Michelle's like, okay, well, it's not easy for me either. So buck up.
1: Yeah. Um, Buckle in, Um, but yeah, because you're gonna, (laughs)
0: because
1: you're gonna, it's not normalized for men to talk about their trauma and to talk about their emotions like this. And especially like black men talking about their trauma is very stigmatized. So I really appreciated Joe. And also obviously he felt a little bit uncomfortable because I think Michelle was like, tell me about you." And like, he kind of felt like, how much should I say? How much shouldn't I say? But I'm really, I'm just really happy that he opened up and I'm proud of him.
0: Yeah, and that's something Michelle has said to both him and even though Jamie ended up being shitty, she said it to Jamie when he was talking about his mom earlier in the season. Um, She tells both of them that she's proud of them for telling their story and being vulnerable, which I think goes a long way on this show because a lot of times like we expect like I know when we've watched certain seasons and someone won't open up, we're like idiot. Like, don't you know you yeah. have to be vulnerable in order to get anywhere on this show? But like, they are on national television. Like these are sometimes fairly reserved, private people. So I appreciate that Michelle always acknowledges that what they're doing is hard and and says that she's proud of them.
1: Yeah, and um, it was cool. It was cool hearing from an athlete going through something like this. This isn't something that we've heard about a whole lot on this show. Yeah. And like, there were other athlete, like former contestants, like Andrew Spencer was one who like tweeted out like support of Joe. And like, it was like, it was just sweet. I was like, good. Like, thank you for opening this up and being able to talk about something that like, you know, he even said like ball was life, which so often is considered to be like a meme, like "ball his life," that whatever. Yeah, but he talked about it in a way that like really opened up a new conversation and and was important to him. Yeah, and I was proud of him.
0: Yeah, it was good. Um, and that kind of wraps up Joe's date. Um, it goes well. He gets the rose, but that's kind of the closer. Yeah. And Um, I'm a Joe,
1: I'm a Joe fan too. I think a lot of people are like, he ghosted her and I'm like, he ghosted her after they sent like two messages back and forth. Right. And she, I think acknowledges that like, I would not, if somebody did that to me, I would not be like, and I don't, Michelle isn't either, but I would not be like, oh my God, he ghosted me. Like what a piece of shit. (laughs) Like I would be like, oh, we like briefly talked and then we stopped. Yeah. So
0: yeah. I, think I don't have, nothing. I don't have
1: reservations about Joe. I like Joe a lot. I think that
0: he's really great. Yeah. I think Joe is a, is a good one. Um, so then we move into the group date where we go to the uh, Minnesota Vikings stadium, um, where Clayton is like on cloud nine. Cause he thinks he's going to get to play football also for the record. Um, Ben watched up until this point in the episode with me. And so I had him look up Clayton when he played for Mizzou. Um, he hardly played so Mizzou Clayton, is
1: like, he's a fraud. He's Mizzou, a fraud.
0: Mizzou Clayton had like fourteen yards his senior year.
1: Oh my god. Okay. Um. <laughs>
0: so so Mizzou Clayton. So anyway, so the, so the Bachelor can't even get good college football players. <laughs> like,
1: no, they're not even pulling the like high rankers. Like they're just like this guy. Yeah.
0: Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. Clayton was still recruited to play D one football. He's probably not shabby, but like he hardly played. So he's like on cloud nine because they're doing what he thinks will be a football date. And so does the whole group. And then Michelle's like, gentlemen, like say hi to the Vikings. And so everyone's like, oh my God, we're meeting the Minnesota Vikings. Like this is insane. And out comes four like burly men dressed as Vikings.
1: Yeah, <laughs> this is my kind of bamboozle right here. I was like, <laughs> "Fuck yeah, you idiots. Um, also because I was like, I don't want to watch them play football. They already played basketball. That's too many sports for my small brain. Um,
0: <laughs> just kidding.
1: Like I know how sports work. I don't want to watch it twice in a season.
0: So I was. if like, I wanted no. to watch sports, I'd watch sports.
1: Yeah. Like why would I be watching the bachelorette? Uh, You know what I mean? So I, like, I was just like, you know, the basketball date was fine. I don't need a football date. Also like the last date was competitive. Like, I'm just like, I I've had enough of the team dates. Let's not do it. And then the actual Vikings came out with their vile food. And I was like, perfect. (laughs) I was like, just what the doctor ordered Uh, (laughs) poison, you know? So (laughs) It couldn't have gone better for me mentally.
0: Um not only did they come out with vile food, but they had a screaming competition for no reason. It was just like who can give the best viking scream. Um alarming, jarring, and then Chris alright. S gave the weakest scream I've ever heard and the vikings were like that doesn't sound good.
1: <laughs> yeah, they were like go away. They, they were, were like, like that's enough out of you.
0: They were like they were like literally like the um, knights in Shrek when they're talking to Lord Farquaad. They were like, "Speak up, yeah." (laughs) They're like, "We can't hear you down there.
1: (laughs) Get out of here, Pipsqueak." Um, My mom asked me tonight. We were on the phone talking, and she hadn't watched last week's episode until last night, so she was asking me about. She was like, "Oh, did you guys do the podcast last week?" And I was like, "Yeah." She was like, "What did you guys talk about?" And I was like, "Chris S's height mostly." And she laughed her ass off. (laughs) She was like, what's wrong with that guy? I was like, I know, right? So anyway, uh, that's the recap of last week. (laughs) If you didn't listen.
0: What's wrong with that guy? I don't know. He's small.
1: He's just small. Like, it's so mean. But if you didn't
0: listen, that's all it is. Uh, (laughs) I was like, they showed him like a generous moment where he was walking like more in the like front of the guys and they were kind of walking behind him. So he didn't appear as short. And I was trying to explain to Ben that all you and I did was absolutely roast Chris S for, for being small. And Ben like looked at the screen and he was like, what? Cause like in his defense, he didn't look small. No, yeah. On the date, I was like, <laughs> it, were, we, were we wrong? Or
1: is he wearing lifts? Like I was <laughs> like, what's going on? Anyway he's still bad at screaming and I don't take that back.
0: (laughs) Right. So then they do this like vile competition where they have to eat. Like, what is it? It's like pickled fish, fermented fish.
1: Yeah. It was like fermented fish. I don't know. This is the part where I was like, not fully paying attention and then was like, Oh, I should probably
0: (laughs) Well, Chris S was like, I can't do this. I can't do this. And then he goes, Yeah. He goes, I'm from Louisiana. We only eat good seafood. And I was like, shut the fuck up. I was like, shut up. Listen,
1: all of the guys looked like they wanted to throw up, but Chris, to our knowledge, is the only one who was like, We're back where I come from. I only eat the finest delicacies. Okay, you little bitch. Fucking I'll drown you in the ocean and then you can taste the fish.
0: Okay? Okay. Okay, <laughs> Pip squeak.
1: <laughs> okay, Pip squeak. Um god, the severity with which I would bully Chris S if I were a man in the house would be like I like I would get ho- sent home first for being a bully and I'd be like worth it bitch. Like I'd be like fuck you. <laughs> oh my god. So Yeah. He's like whining, whatever. I mean, to be fair, I would be crying and throwing up and shitting, but I wouldn't (laughs) be talking about like the delicacies of my hometown. Like that was so stupid. So Uh,
0: (laughs) the day wraps up with, uh, Clayton winning the ultimate Viking competition. (sighs) What does that even mean?
1: What does it mean? <laughs> like what does it me. mean. <laughs> like I was like, okay. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> but again, they're trying to give Clayton like as much positivity as they can. They're like, they're "But like, guys, <laughs> he's the ultimate viking. Why wouldn't why wouldn't he be the bachelor?" You know what <laughs> I mean? We'd be crazy. We'd be crazy to not pick this guy um can you imagine if it like the bachelor was spoiled and we knew it was like chris s <laughs> like, like we're like we're like watching this whole time like ooh, chris is gonna be the bachelor like let's see how great he is and then he's like literally terrible we're like oh okay oh. that was a choice that was a choice i would have become a grippo girl over this um <laughs> like, not gonna so lie. Grippo
0: girls are still in mourning
1: they are. And they're all over TikTok. It like, I cannot escape them. <laughs> like, ah, why are you alive? Uh, yeah, people I are, are out here, here talking
0: about Swifties being the most insane fan group. Have you guys met the Grippo girls?
1: No, they are without a doubt the most insane,
0: the most toxic for sure are the Grippo oh. girls. And, um, so basically we go to the night portion of the group date and, Clayton and Michelle, we see kind of them connect for the first time. I, I wasn't really admittedly paying any attention. Uh, and then later in the day, she's like, Clayton, thank you for opening up about your parents. And either they didn't air that or I was paying less attention than I thought that I was paying.
1: No, I also did not catch that. And I just prayed <laughs> that
0: you did. <laughs> so, Bestie, I don't know how to tell you this. Yeah. But we asked to know more about Clayton and then Clayton told us more and we just didn't listen. And we were like on our
1: phones. Like I was just like tweeting my silly little tweets, just not fucking (laughs) listening. I was like, tell us more about Clayton. And then Clayton's on screen for like 0.01 seconds. And I'm like, no, I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) So nobody knows what was said. What I do know... Is that Brandon? I don't, I'm not a Brandon fan. I'm not, I'm not a Brandon fan. He's a try I, hard. I tried really hard to be like, cause he's really nice, but yeah. I was like, no, immediately no. He <laughs> yeah, he's a try hard. He does way too much. He's like a pick me in he's like a pick me guy. And I'm not a fan of it. I oh And he tries to be just the most like deep, in-depth, intellectual person. And I'm like, you are not saying anything at all. <laughs> it drives me crazy. Anyway, it had to be said. I'm
0: sorry. It, had to, it did have to be said. I, I'm sure I do he's feel lovely. Similarly.
1: Like, I'm sure he's lovely. Honestly, I think if he went on Paradise or something, I would probably really like him. Like, I don't think that it's him. I just think that he's caught up in trying to be like the most intimate. Yeah. As opposed to being the most real. And I'm like, just be... You you don't have to be the <laughs> deepest, just be like yourself. And I don't think that he's grasped grasped that. So I'm like, okay, not a fan.
0: Correct. Anyway, ha- that had to be said in that moment. Um, these are really on. the only notable conversations so that she talks to Clayton and she talks to Brendan. And did you am I missing one? No, but the only thing is so everybody obviously on group dates,
1: like all the guys kind of come in and you see it happening. They all come in and kind of like interrupt each other. Like even, I think Brandon comes in and interrupts Interrupts Clayton. But they have like a very lovely moment about it and nobody's mad about it. Like, it's just like, it happens. That's what happens on group dates. Chris S decides that it is rude that he has not been pulled for a conversation despite the fact that he has done actually zero things to initiate a conversation. So he's like standing outside, kind of like sulking and drinking his drink. And Martin being problematic adjacent is like, hey, man, all you can do is focus on you. Whatever. Chris is like, yeah, man, that's what I'm doing. Yeah, whatever. But he's basically he basically gets upset with Michelle because he's not given attention, even though he has done absolutely zero things to try to get a conversation with her.
0: Now this is after last week, he called out all the guys in the house for not putting forward any effort to make conversation with her. And then this week, all the other men make effort to have conversation with her. And he stands there and waits and then is pissed that she isn't going up to him. Even though last week he called everybody else out. Right.
1: And then him calling everybody else out honestly made them all more attentive. Right. But in his mind, he's like, because I called them out, I should be pulled for a conversation. Hey, bitch, go home. I'm tired. Like, you're annoying. <laughs> I was like, this is enough. Yeah. Um. So super annoying reaction to that. I was like, I'm not having this. And like, Michelle wasn't like Michelle did not did not call him for a conversation because she was like, she's over him for sure. She's like, no, you should fucking come talk to me. It's not that hard. Every other guy on the date did it. Right.
0: So she ends up giving the group date Rose to Clayton. Um, and then when Chris S does not get the group date Rose, even though he did not speak to her, Chris S says, I don't get it. I'm a fun, goofy guy. I'm playful. Did she not notice that I, I was off tonight? I'm a fun, goofy guy.
1: He's I'm the playful. One. He's the one who episode one self-identified as Goofy. And I said, I know that guy's not fucking funny. <laughs> I tweet, I tweeted about it. Like, <laughs> you can check my receipts. I was like, that guy's not fucking funny at all. I'll never laugh at a thing he says. So then we're getting the intro packages. One of the guys self-identifies as Goofy. I just want to say that's a red flag. If a guy, if a straight man refers to him himself as Goofy, I know for sure that he's as funny as a funeral. Like, and also, like, it's such a fucking babyish thing to be like, why wouldn't she notice that I'm upset? If, hey, if you're like in a relationship with someone or pursuing a relationship with someone and you're upset about something, you should just tell them. You know, like, sometimes, like, people, first of all, might not notice. And second of all, they don't care, probably, Chris. That's what it was with Michelle. She was like, I don't give a fuck. But if you're upset about something, just fucking tell her. Which you know what he did later. So I don't even I don't have to I don't have to give him this advice. He knows. And it did not work out well for him, but
0: still giving your
1: enemy advice that you know will fail. It was like (laughs) even more (laughs) I'm like plotting and scheming. It was even more like pick me that he was just like, Why wouldn't she notice that I was like a little bit off? Bitch, eat a Snickers. Like you're grumpy when you're hungry. I was like, You're being so annoying right now. So anyway. He doesn't
0: get the rose. Clayton gets the rose. Um, That's kind of where we wrap up. And then we go to the second one-on-one of the episode, which is going to be with Nate. And it's very cute. They take a boat out on a lake in Minnesota, which she says is like a big part of her upbringing in Minnesota. Apparently there's a lot of lakes there. Um, My brother now lives in Minneapolis and he said the same thing. I didn't know that Minnesota was famous for their lakes, but apparently they are. And so Michelle is like going out on the lake is a big part of life here, whatever. So they go out on the boat and um, her two like high school besties come out and meet them. And it looked like a really fun date. Like the four of them go out on the boat. They're all talking, getting to know each other. Her friends are kind of grilling him a little bit, but they, they, he passes the vibe check. Her friends like him.
1: Yeah. They even talk about like the problem that came up last week with Chris and like he says the same thing. And her friends are like, "Yeah, like we're glad that you're confident and giving giving as much to Michelle as she's giving to you." Right. That's what is talked about throughout the episode that like that
0: hasn't happened for Michelle in the past. Right. So at the end, uh they basically they give their approval um after like fun little day on the lake. And then we go to the dinner portion and uh, Michelle talks about, I was kind of struggling to, so he asked her about previous relationships and she said that her longest one was, it ended up being three years and that she was afraid to like give up on it. So she was just putting so much effort into it, not really getting anything back. And she ends up talking about getting really sick, like to the point where she needed like a food bag because she couldn't keep anything down. Um, and I was like, where are we going with this? Like, I didn't know that Michelle had ever, you know, had an illness like that or, you know, whatever. And she ends up talking about it just being like really extreme anxiety and like just stress. And that's obviously like devastating, but like, so anyone who lives with anxiety knows that it manifests itself in physical symptoms all the time. Um, your brain is super powerful. And so it makes sense um, that something like that could happen if you were repressing that kind of anxiety for that long. But she starts talking about how when she was at her sickest, like her boyfriend wasn't there for her. And Nate is like, wait, he like wasn't. And she was like, no, like he just didn't. He wasn't really there for me, which is like so sad. So
1: upsetting. Yeah. And like all of this started to, Nate mentioned like, he likes relationships that don't feel s- serious, like hundred percent of the time, like he likes to have fun and he doesn't, he has in the past lost that fun aspect of himself when in a relationship. Yeah. And I think like Michelle kind of agreed and was like, yeah, like my, that relationship took everything out of me because she was emotionally giving and giving and giving to somebody who just was not reciprocating. Uh, And so the whole conversation was obviously, it was really heartbreaking for Michelle, but it was also really like relatable in terms of like not wanting to lose yourself in a relationship, wanting to maintain who you are and what you value. Yeah. Um, And I appreciate that they had that conversation because that happens, unfortunately, a lot in relationships. Um, So. (laughs) And then we get to the goods. Oh, we get to the goods. And before the goods, I just have to talk about it again. Martin is an instigator
0: because Martin
1: and Chris are sitting at the house talking. And Martin is like basically egging on Chris in terms of like, if you feel that way, like you should say something, whatever. So I'm like, Martin now has been best friends in the house with the mo- the two most problematic people, Jamie and Chris S. Can we send this man home? And I'll ask just it again proximity. later, like, please for proximity. And also later he says his own piece and I'm like, bitch, get rid of him. But anyway, yeah. I just want to note, like Martin is problematic and I'm not a fan.
0: Yeah. I so think he's going to end up being, cause like Chris S was a problem, but he's only been a problem for like two episodes. Jamie was only around for like two episodes. I think it's going to end up being that Martin kind of ends up being like the standout villain from the season. Mm-hmm. Um, cause he's more of a snake in the grass about it. Like, at least Chris and Jamie had the decency to, like, openly suck, you know? Like, so we yeah. can just get rid of them. But, uh, so, basically, Martin instigates Chris coming to the one-on-one. And Chris comes in, basically, effectively crashing the one-on-one. Like, he walks up to the table while they're at the dinner portion and is like, can I talk to you? It's important. And Michelle is like, what the fuck? And she really has no choice but to say yes, because if if someone's in Michelle's book, it's like, if someone's crashing the one-on-one, like he must need to go home. Like there must be something like so serious happening. Yeah. So she like agrees to go talk to him. In fact, there was not anything that serious going no. on.
1: <laughs> it it was not in fact important. Dear reader, um, <laughs> it didn't actually matter even a little bit. <laughs> yeah, he basically pulls him or pulls Michelle and is like, hey, I really didn't appreciate that I told you what I told you last week and then you didn't even give me attention. Like, that's essentially what the argument is. (laughs) Okay, hey, what the fuck are you talking about? You know?
0: (laughs) Hey, awesome sentiment. What does that even mean? You know? And Uh, (laughs) he's like, after what I told you last week and like, I, you know, tried to stand up for you with the guys and Michelle's like, yeah, about that. And she says, she's like, as a woman and more importantly, as a woman of color, I am spoken for a lot and like, I can speak for myself. Like I can say how I feel. I don't need assistance. I don't need you to speak for me. Um, and I'm glad that she addressed it because last week when he spoke for her, I couldn't tell how Michelle felt about it. Like she seemed annoyed, but she also didn't say anything to him about it. So I was like, I don't know, like how she felt. So I was glad that she was like, and another thing, fuck you, (laughs) you literally, she was like, "I want somebody who will stand up for me,
1: not speak for me." And I was like, "As you fucking should, Queen. Fuck Chris S. <laughs> Stinky <laughs> cheese man, looking ass. Get the fuck out of here, Lord Farquad. Lord Farquad, looking. I'm tired of you. <laughs> I'm like, your days are numbered, Pipsqueak. Um, literally (laughs) Um, calling him pipsqueak was actually such a vintage roast. I'm really, I don't don't think I've heard the word pipsqueak in 10 years. No, I'm adding it back to my book for sure. Um, (laughs) That's a very good one. While you're there, Um, you should add twerp. Twerp is good. Oh, twerp is an excellent one for Chris. He's a twerp.
0: You twerp. I love it. Anyway. So needless to say, she sends Chris home um, and goes back to the table with Nate. On a date, on a date that he's
1: not even on, dude, he gets sent home. Embarrassing. That is embarrassing. Okay. (laughs) I was like, oh my God, I would be crying and shitting and throwing up. Like you showed up to a date you weren't even on and you did not get the justice you thought you would get. You got booted. Like that's so sickening. I fucking love her.
0: Chris, just
1: that's
0: it. Uh, so, Chris gets sent home. Um, uh, that's basically the end. She gives Nate the rose. The evening wraps up. We go to the cocktail party for the rose ceremony, and her and Rick go on a nice little walk. They make out a little. Um, I love Rick. I love Rick.
1: Every time I, I see Rick, I'm like, oh, my heart. <laughs> He's so cute. Until he does
0: something terrible. Yeah, I'm just
1: waiting. I'm waiting it out. I'm waiting it out. Like, I know it's coming, but I'm like, Rick. And then I know he'll disappoint me and I'll be like, fuck. Um, (laughs) But for now, like they were dancing by the little pianist on the street. I was like, this is so romantic. I love him.
0: Yeah. So um, they go on a little walk and then her and Rodney go on a little, little excursion. Theirs goes well as well. And then we get to the goods because Martin fumbles the ball bad.
1: And it's like like, bad to be fair. I was like karmic justice, bitch, go home. Like I was like, good, fumble it. Yeah. But it didn't even fucking work. So I guess fuck, fuck me. Um, Yeah. He basically goes into the, you're not like other girls speech, which the second a guy says that to you runs the fuck away. Because it like, just means that they have no respect for like women.
0: It means they have general. no respect for women, but also like it's just a bold faced lie. Like if someone ever said to me like you're not like other girls, I would be like I'm exactly like other girls. I'm like every girl you've ever met in your life. I right. drink my wine. I listen to my Taylor Swift. I watch my crime documentaries. Like I tr- I buy my five dollar iced coffee every day. Like I am just like other girls. I'm exactly like them.
1: Exactly. <laughs> It's fine. It's cool because I love women. So it's a compliment. It's a compliment for you to be like you're exactly like every woman I know. I'd be like that's amazing. Thank
0: you. (laughs) They're like you're not like other girls. That's actually I'm like so nice,
1: you know. And then they're like you're so different. I'm like fuck. What am I doing wrong? You know what I mean.
0: (laughs) Um, So he goes into (laughs) he goes into your the you're not like other girls kind of speech. And he talks about other women being so high maintenance and Michelle's like, like well, what makes women high maintenance? And Michelle, and he's like, well, like women just like expect, like a lot of women expect to be like taken care of. And Michelle was like, well, what, why, like, is that different than men? He's like, well, men don't really go into relationships expecting to be taken care of.
1: Okay. And she just starts
0: (laughs) laughing. I'm like, have you ever seen a man get a cold?
1: Clearly, like, like literally I'm like, okay, do you know why so many women who date men specifically don't date period (laughs) is because is because they don't want to be a mother to
0: someone else's son, bitch. Like, like, literally, I'm like, men I, don't need to be taken care of. I'm like, have you ever seen a man open a fridge and ask where the ranch is and it's right in front of his face?
1: Like, no, like, this was the most ridiculous thing ever. And the implication that women wanting to be taken care of is too much right. is like so gross. I'm like, women in relationships. I'm not you know obviously there's exceptions like obviously women can be toxic too like I'm not I'm not speaking on everyone I'm just saying the idea that like a woman wanting to be comfortable in a relationship to the point of like just feeling comforted and feeling secure secure is like too much for a guy hey get lost. Like I was like, <laughs> get lost is another vintage one. That's I'm really pulling them out. I'm pulling them <laughs> out. Um, no, I, like I was just, it was so, it was so misogynistic. Like I was like, everything you're saying makes no sense. And you know that
0: this is like, the is guy, this is the guy that's like women expect to be taken care of, but he's like, but I want dinner on the table at 6 PM every day when I get home. Like that's Literally. that guy.
1: It was so misogynistic. And, and I know for a fact that Martin would be the first guy to be like, I'm not a misogynist, like equal pay. You know what I mean? I Right. Like <laughs> I'm with her, you know, but it's like, dude, but you still expect women to not, you expect women to not have expectations it's not about women asking for too much. It's about women asking for anything. Like if a woman asks for anything, a man is immediately like threatened by that. And is like, Oh my God, she wants so She's much so needy. Me. Like, no, I just want to be treated like a person. I want to be comfortable in my relationship. I want to be happy. That's it. And the guy is like, Oh my How God, dare you. How dare you? And then he implies that Michelle somehow wouldn't want that, which she absolutely does. And she deserves it. And she's been open about wanting. I was like, where are the brain cells, my friend?
0: Where are the brain cells? It made no fucking sense. So needless to say, the conversation doesn't go amazing. And then it's time to hand out roses. And Joe, Nate and Clayton already have roses. So the remaining roses go to Rick, Olu, Brandon, Martin. Shockingly, Martin gets one. Shocking. I, I at least thought they would have aired it so that Martin would have gotten the last rose. So it was like, it was like a build. But no, they like tormented Rodney. Yeah, why would you torment Rodney? He's a king. Yeah. So, rude. so Rodney ends up getting the last rose. Martin does get to live to see another week. I'm unsure why. I think it's just because she sent home every villain she's had so far. So the producers are like, you got to keep somebody. And-
1: Cause he just got his one-on-one last week. I was like, maybe it would have felt weird for her to send him home this week. Yeah, but they did that to like, Jamie.
0: Jamie had one and was gone the next week. That's true. But he had
1: like a real, you know. Issue. Like they had a talk and she was like, bye. You know what I mean? Like yeah. with Martin, it was like, uh, you know, they talked and it didn't go perfectly, but I don't know. Uh, yeah. It's very weird that she's keeping him. I thought it was weird that she kept him last week. Like we talked about it last week. We are like, why did he even get the rose on their one-on-one? Yeah. Like Yeah. I don't get it. I don't think that they're compatible. And I think that he, I mean, he like dug himself a hole tonight. Like I was like, this man is just fucking talking and he doesn't realize that what he's saying is horrifying. (laughs) Like he thinks he's being nice. And it's in fact, it's in fact not nice. Like it is just, (laughs) it's just horrible.
0: So So that's it. That's the episode. She gives out the roses. Um, yeah. And, you know, he lives to see another week. We still don't know why Clayton's The Bachelor. Nope. And Chris S. is finally gone. Although I got to say, I'm a little bit sad about Chris S. being gone. Not you know, on Michelle's behalf. I'm thrilled, obviously. Yeah, But who am I going to target now?
1: <laughs> no, I know. I mean, it's like all going towards Martin. And I will. I fully intend to be
0: like. Bullying anti, him.
1: Anti-Martin forever.
0: I think that like some of the men on the bachelorette, like I get that like Taylor Swift is the most famous person in the world, but I'm going to need everybody to direct some of the Jake Gyllenhaal energy towards like some of these men. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Like I am still
1: like, I like Jake Gyllenhaal to the point of like, he's a good actor and he's always been nice to people I worked with. So sorry, but (laughs) right. Because of that, how about we hate Martin? You know what I mean?
0: <laughs> my thing with not I'm to get like, back to Taylor Swift, but I think with Jake Gyllenhaal is like, I don't understand why, like we need to attack Jake Gyllenhaal on the internet just because Taylor Swift wrote like a scathing song about him, like was the song scathing for sure. But like, yeah. should people be DMing Jake Gyllenhaal death threats? Probably not.
1: No. Like- also like, we know Dear John is coming. So let's like
0: conserve and also, John Mayer <laughs> is legitimately the scum of the earth. So right. like, let's reserve our has, energy like, for bullying John
1: Mayer. Has like legitimately been proven to be that like a thousand I'm times over. Yeah. Like he's yeah. never, he's never proven himself to be a good person. Meanwhile, Jake Gyllenhaal has um or proven himself to be at least like a decent human, right. regardless of what happened. Meanwhile, John Mayer, no progress has been made. So I'm like, you know what? If we're going to hate anybody, let's just save it. And then when dear John comes out, we can fucking go rob banks. You know, like, <laughs> it's like, let's when, like light up the town. Like when let's dear John crazy. comes
0: out, we ride at dawn. Yeah. We ride at <laughs> dawn.
1: I mean like that's, cause that's for me, that's it. Like I loved the 10 minute all too well. I cried. I lost my mind. I you know I was throwing up I was shitting whatever but dear John regardless of if it's even just four minutes is gonna it's gonna it's gonna personally attack me but more so I will be mad on behalf of Taylor
0: I'm always uh, where, mad like, on behalf of Taylor whoever where, she like, doesn't like all I don't too like. well
1: I was mad on behalf of Taylor but I also was like wow this really hurts me personally dear yeah. John is like simply me being like Taylor Swift till I die bitch like Fuck you, John Mayer. <laughs>
0: I'm getting Swifty tattooed across my chest. Yeah, like, um. it's gonna be on my
1: fucking forehead. Like you're going down. <laughs> so anyway, um, yeah, channel all of your angry, channel all in your of your angry energy into Toward Chris S, S and John Mayer. And John Mayer and Martin. And hopefully Martin will be gone next week. And then we get into the goods, because then it's like top like, cause what? We're at top eight right now. Once we're at top six, I like really know what's going on uh no. up until I'll, start this paying, point, I'll start paying closer attention up until this point i'm fucking lost in the woods bitch like i have no idea i'm like who's that who is that wait what's
0: who's he so it gets good yeah the it two guys good. that went home tonight i've never seen them before in my life
1: i only like casey because he has some gray hairs like that's how i know who he is i was like oh he's got some gray okay i like him i like yeah, him the, the Why? two that went that's home that's
0: not a reason like the two that went home, I've never seen them before in my
1: life. Never. No. They could have planted two random guys and I would have been like, oh, yeah. <laughs> like, quite literally. So with that said, um, that's it. a good time. That's it. That's all she wrote. Uh, most of this episode was literally about Taylor Swift. Uh, so <laughs> as she deserves. But with that said, if you would like more bachelorette content plus taylor swift content that you did not ask for uh, occasionally we give updates on the royal family too if the, queen, if the queen if the queen kicks it this week bitch we'll be here um so <laughs> with that said is there any bachelor nation news i
0: didn't know other than that taisha was hospitalized and people thought yeah. that it was because of the marathon and everybody was freaking out which, to their defense, she had like posted stories about how she was struggling a little bit recovery-wise, and then she was in the hospital. So everyone was like, "Oh my God, she's in the hospital because of the marathon." And then she got on her stories and was like, "No, I had a severe kidney infection. So it had nothing to do with the marathon." To do with the marathon. She's yes. fine. She just had a kidney infection. She's back to normal now, which is good.
1: Right. Um, so she's good.
0: And then that and Tyler oh. Cameron did a spread for. um. Balmond, And I don't know what makes Balmond tidy whities any different than any other kind of tidy whities other than that they say Balmond on them. Um, but you can see Tyler Cameron's entire penis. For example, I know that he's circumcised now, and this is just like free content on Instagram. Like, I don't know how the pictures haven't been reported. I don't know how they're like a legitimate, like fashion, high fashion photo shoot. I know Tyler Cameron so intimately after seeing this photograph. It's like we've all fucked him.
1: I haven't seen that. The other only other thing I have is that Pilot Pete did his book release. Blah blah. <laughs> um, he did his pilot Pete, whatever children's book, fuck child rides a plane. That's what I don't know. That's what it's called in my brain.
0: How do you um, <laughs> advertise like who pilot Pete is, like made famous by the fact that he fucked four times in the windmill? Like how do you sell that to kids? And you're like, I wrote a children's book about a pilot and then all
1: the people posting about it were like, you're encouraging kids to follow your dr- follow their dreams. I was like, their dreams of fucking four times in a windmill? No yes. no slut shaming, but <laughs> what do you mean? Like what are you telling your 8-year-old? You know what I like, mean to be like, this guy got famous. Like what are you doing?
0: Ugh, I, it's I like, just... do you remember like at the time though, when Hannah Brown season was airing and we all really liked pilot Pete. Yeah. And then we found out that pilot Pete fucks and we were all like, so into it. We were like, yes, yeah. like good for Peter. Like, I love this for him. And then he was the bachelor and we were like, somebody poor Hannah Brown fucked pilot Pete four times in a windmill. And she has to live with that every day for the rest of her life. Yeah. I mean, it was like pilot Pete, what a fall from grace.
1: Like the second he became the bachelor, it was like, this is the worst shit I've ever seen in my life. Like it was just like immediately. No, immediately. He was immediately not hot. Like I was like, I'm not attracted to him. I would not go on this season. If you paid me a million dollars, I will never look at this man again. Like I just immediately. What a fall from fucking grace. I mean, I can't imagine I would be so sad if I were him, but also fuck you pilot Pete. Um. (laughs) someone's buying that children's book. He's fine. Yeah. He released it. And that's, and a bunch of bachelor nation people went to the release.
0: Oh, and last piece of news. Um, Ben Higgins is married. He and his fiance got married this weekend. She is not from the bachelor. She's like very normal. They got married. Um, speaking of a lot of bachelor nation people, fucking everybody was there. And, um, I don't know how you like feel about this, but like Ben Higgins revealed once on his podcast that he and Jess had not had sex and that they were waiting for marriage. And like, yeah, I felt that that was like very private to reveal on a podcast. I mean, it makes sense. She's like very religious. Like it makes sense that she would be. But then like, I just feel like that's like opening the door for people to talk about like your sex life with your, like, like, I feel like it's not. Yeah. Yeah. Like, especially because like, like, people who you know aren't waiting for marriage to have sex it's like less of a big deal to talk about because you know that they're having sex versus like when someone like really values their virginity like that and like is purposely waiting for marriage it seems like the, the kind of thing that like maybe you don't talk about on your podcast yeah but then, then like, like you talk about it on your podcast so then me and kayla talk about it on our podcast you know what i mean right, like, right 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 uh, and so he was like i like, opened weird. a can
1: of worms and the worms are us <laughs> <Like>. <laughs>
0: I just thought of like the twin eels from yeah. Little Mermaid.
1: <laughs> Flotsam and Flotsam Jetsam, and Jetsam. <laughs> we're <laughs> Flotsam and Jetsam bitch we're like hello
0: <laughs> she has a very serious problem if only there was something we could
1: do we love drama we don't want to be a part of it but we do want to hear all of it like that's, that's exactly what he did when he told everybody that
0: literally and but then it was like I felt bad because like their wedding was like so beautiful this weekend but like people like just people were like gross and like Instagram comments and like Facebook groups were like talking about like oh first time for them this weekend and like all this stuff and I'm like I'm like it literally felt like in like the olden days when people would wait outside the hotel room door for people to consummate their marriage (laughs) I was like this is so gross
1: no, I went to college with people like that. And like the Facebook comments that I would see, egregious. People would comment shit and be like, you can finally fuck. Hey, <laughs> it's Facebook, dude. My auntie Madeline can see that. Like, turn it off, you know? It's it Facebook so at dark. 2
0: p.m. on a Wednesday. Like, Yeah, like you're out. At, you're
1: at work. You're on your work computer commenting that. Go pray. <laughs> like, that was so dark. <laughs> so- so You ways. know, yeah, I mean, it's it's nobody's business, but it's also like, hey, you made it everyone's business. right? So. like,
0: why did you share that? Um, you tell us this. But whatever. They're married so, now. Yay. They're married. They're probably fucking. <laughs>
1: <So>. <laughs> they're married and now they can fuck. Uh, <laughs> with that said, please.
0: <laughs> <laughs> with that said, this could have been like a 30 minute episode. Yeah. Now it's an There's hour. There's
1: no reason. It's all because we talked about shit that was not relevant at all. Please go leave us a review. Uh, (laughs) If it's based on this episode and it's bad, don't leave it. But if it's good, then please, please go do that. Swifties Unite podcasts. Yeah, Swifties Unite, bitch. And um, follow us on Instagram at Don't Insult My Podcast. Goodbye. (laughs) Talk to you next week. Goodbye. (laughs)